0: Log Talk Radio. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am Minister Ginger London. Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. I am so excited. As you know, during the month of March, we're celebrating National Women's History Month and we are Uh, doing a series of radio shows and also some teleseminars where we are featuring some outstanding women entrepreneurs, women authors. We're also talking to women who are in Christian ministry leadership or who are, are on assignment from God to complete a particular task. We're also talking to women who have a great testimony. About their lives. And on this afternoon, we have a powerful, powerful, dynamic a woman of God, Apostle Norma, Norma Gray, and uh, she is from the island of Hawaii. And I'm extremely excited about uh, interviewing her. She, um, She is a published author. She's a pastor. She's the dean of Exousia School of Prophets and the Dunama School of Ministry. Uh, That just moved me right there. So I believe we all need training when it comes to ministry. You just need to find the right place. Where you need to get your training. Um, She is also the senior leader of Railboa International Ministries of Hawaii, that's located on the Big Island of Hawaii. Uh, She also is the uh, vice president of leadership and development for the AGLO International Ministries, serving in the region of Hawaii. And uh, her position allows her to there allows her to empower women in their pursuit of of ministry as they walk out their calls in the earth. And that's just absolutely wonderful. She is currently working on her fourth and fifth books, and, uh, and then they're titled uh, 40 Ways to in, uh, Enhance Your Spiritual Vision" and uh, "Breaking the, barren, the Spirit of Barrenness." And so I think we're going to be extremely blessed. Um, on this uh, show this afternoon, I'm going to let her come on, um, and greet you in just a moment. But for those of you, I'm going to tell you, share a little bit more about her accomplishments. And I wanted to save this particular thing to last. If you are a woman in ministry or a woman assigned by God to do a great thing, I want to encourage you with this. Because a lot of times we think we just need to be anointed and that's it. But uh she is a graduate of the Bible Institute of New Jersey, and I just wanted to say that to just say you know um, we need some help in completing the assignment and 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 most of us need to be trained to complete the assignment, so whether you get informal training or formal training." Uh, you need to go somewhere, where you're sitting at somebody's feet being mentored, or if you're in a classroom setting. You need to get trained, to be trained to do ministry. The Bible the Bible tells us two are better than one. You need somebody to walk you through this thing. You know, people in the secular arena know that if they're in business, they need someone to help them uh, start their business, keep it going, market the business, set the everything up uh, uh, in order. We need help in this process. No man an island. So I want to, I want her her bio to encourage you that it's okay to um, be educated uh, or trained educationally for ministry. Apostle Gray, how are you this afternoon? I am
1: blessed. Sis. Thank you so much. It's often uh, a little bit um, uncomfortable hearing somebody else read my my bio, but thank you so much for having me on
0: the show. I am really excited to be able to share with your audience today. Oh, absolutely! Thank you. You are so welcome. And so, let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and share your testimony with us. Wow. Okay. So, um, my testimony
1: is is this: I was born to uh, into a an apostolic family. My father uh, is an apostle and um, was born. And I often tell people, I don't know. What I saw first, either the Bible or my parents, but um, that is just being being joking. But I grew up in an apostolic uh, house, and my mom tells me that um, when I was born, that uh, in the 1960s, I just celebrated my 50th birthday. And so in the 1960s, when, when individuals, babies were born with what they call would be a veil, over their face they perceived these individuals to be you know to be seer, seers and uh from the time I was really uh young I can remember having a special encounter uh with the lord I would hear uh, I would hear the voice of the lord speaking to me and ha- I would have uh, both open and night visions and um at the age of 12 I really uh, gave my heart to the lord um being committed to him and to follow him and from uh, 12 to about 17, I was really good, real dutiful, uh, preacher's kid. But when I hit 17, something happened. <laughs> and uh, kind of went arrived from 17 to 18. When I was 18, I went to Rutgers University uh, there in the New Brunswick campus in New Jersey. And there met a wonderful uh, young woman who, inter- who reintroduced me to Christ. Uh, if I, I'll just take a minute to just share this testimony because I think it's really funny because uh, she was a young a young missionary from the Churches of God and Christ and uh, she had met my roommate and was telling my roommate about salvation and uh, my roommate not knowing, you know, my previous walk started to tell me, yeah, this young woman she she knows the Bible. I said, well, invite her on over and, and I grilled this young woman. I mean, literally, she was just a, she was a neophyte and she didn't know what I knew and I grilled her and after about 15 minutes of me grilling her on the word, which she was not knowledgeable, and she said to me that if you know so much, how come you not saved. And from that day to this, I've been walking with the Lord. I began ministry in 1984, initially, again, uh, doing the work of an evangelist and uh, missionary in the Church of the God in Christ in uh, 19, let's see, I think it was 90. So, 89 is when I got uh, my ordination to uh, be a pastor, and I got ordained and started the first ministry that we ever started, which was called uh, the Love Church of um, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, After there, we established another ministry, um, which was uh, Agape International Ministries in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, since that time, we've established probably Four or five um, different ministries. Uh, we since changed the umbrella to Rehoboth International. And so now all of the churches which we've had, uh, initiated and those that desire to come into fellowship with us come to that umbrella of Rehoboth International Ministries. Our headquarters is located. In Hawaii, and I'm really, really excited that I get the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to let that be our headquarters. We do have churches in, uh, Kenya, Africa, in, uh, the Turks and Caicos, and, um, in the Bahamas. So I'm really excited about, uh, the life, the journey that God has called us to.
0: Oh, wonderful, wonderful. So um, uh, that was a little bit about your journey in ministry. Is there any other part of your journey that sets out in your spirit right now that you would like to share with us?
1: Wow, it really is. You know, um, turning 50 this year uh, was such a – a milestone for me, and it really uh, gave me uh, an appreciation for life. My, I have two children, um, uh, a son and a daughter, and uh, my son will be graduating from uh, Benedict College uh, in May. And one of the things he said, is, is my, he said didn't say my mom's turning 50. He said, my mom's turning half a century. <laughs> when I thought about it, it's like, really? You know, I am turning half a century. And it gave me such an appreciation for, you know, all of the Valley experiences, the mountain. And experiences that I've had as a woman, um not only just as a woman in ministry but as a woman being um you know being a mom and oftentimes having to be a single mom uh, i uh, some people can call it a I call it a privilege some people don't necessarily do, but I've been married twice and uh been in love both times, and some people don't get to fall in love once but um had that experience and uh, know what it is to walk through divorce and know what it is to raise um children healthy productive Christian children, and so I'm really um, very proud to say, and that's a word that we don't throw around uh, in the kingdom, but I, I am, I'm very um, grateful to the Lord for how uh, he has allowed me to be able to accomplish much in the face of adversities. There were many times when I really literally wanted to just um, give up, uh, die, go in a corner somewhere and hide, And um, but it was through the, the strength of the Lord, the grace of God, and the call you know, I, I taught this last night that when you when you are obedient to God and, and your obedience uh, is um, premier in your life, your obedience to God takes precedence over the resistance in your own mind. And there are a lot of times when my own mind says, it's not worth it, give it up you know it it's too hard it's too difficult but my obedience to the call of god uh superseded my own resistance to my flesh and my mind and so i'm really grateful for that I'm really grateful for uh my children and uh for my life my connection with my family uh my mom and just uh, i'm really i'm really grateful i'm really blessed i have a i have a blessed life despite um you know again obstacles and challenges i'm really grateful for my life
0: Amen. Amen. And, you know, be, before you uh, give us a special teaching on women in the apostolic ministry, uh, I just want to ask you, what is your ministry assignment? I know you told us a little bit about, you know, the churches and all that. What is the assignment of your ministry or the call of God, particularly on your life?
1: Thank you so much uh, for that opportunity to share this. Um, the call on my life um, has always been, even before I understood what apostolic ministry is, um, the, the the specific call is to train up uh, leaders and to develop people to um, their highest potential in God. And so whether it through the establishment of churches or whether it be through the teachings that we do um, through our school, um, the major chart that I have is to educate the members of the body of Christ to to be the, you know to be all that God has called them to be. I say that my motto is to take people from where they are uh, into a place where they need to be in the realm of the spirit, and so that's my major. Uh, charge, and thrust. And although we do other things, um, you know, I've I've taught music, I've taught praise and worship leaders, I've done a lot uh, in the body of Christ as it relates to the work of ministry. But the major thrust of what God has anointed me to do is to strengthen the body of Christ, to, to get them to the place where they operate from their maximum potential to be all that God has called and ordained us to do and be in this hour.
0: Wow. Amen. Amen. And I don't know if you got a chance to hear uh, the a show a, a couple of days ago. We had a prophet uh, Bobby Clark Alexander on with us and your testimonies are so similar. And uh and she says that uh that um the, the prophetic and the apostolic life is really no joke, but it's actually very rewarding. And uh and I am seeing that myself, you know, and it's such it's so exciting when God uses you that way. You know, it's just you know, it's just amazing when God does that. So i'm gonna I'm gonna yield to you right now and let you come on and give us that special teaching that you have uh in um and you can tell me the title of it or you just go ahead and take the floor <laughs>
1: <laughs> here's the thing my my dear sister i did not I did not title it and um uh, what i you know what I decided to do and ask the Lord I said father, I just want to be able to um to meet the needs of whoever is listening and, and what I really feel and sense um from those of you that are that are listening today the the father wants you to know um that this is definitely a season where he is bringing um those who have been um on the on the ranks just um below the front line and that God literally is moving us into um prime position and I know many people have heard that said before many people have you know prophesied it before but he that hath an ear to hear really needs to hear what the spirit of the lord uh is saying uh, i i certainly sense that god is calling in the second infantry uh to come forward and to take their rightful place uh it literally is about us stepping up into uh what god has called and ordained and anointed us to do and there there is a lot to uh apprehending the call, Paul said, that I have been uh, apprehended or I apprehend that which has apprehended me. And I want you to think about that, to apprehend that which apprehends you. And that means that, you know, there's a call and there's an anointing and there's a purpose that many of us, you know, we we acknowledge, we recognize that, we recognize that, you know, throughout our walk and throughout our lives that the hand of God has been upon us and that the hand of God has been with us. But uh, not many of us then in turn lay hold of it, to really understand it, to really get a grasp of it, to really perceive in its totality all of what God gave in that purpose and allowing you to be exactly where you are right now. You know, in my own life, um, it took some time to really understand that I am where I am in life right now by the divine will of God. And sometimes we, it doesn't feel like that. Sometimes it feels like where we are is you know, is a result of some bad choices, is a result of some some other things. But the realities are, and I want those of you that are listening today to understand that you are exactly where God wants you to be for this time and this season in your life. And because of that, some tremendous things are getting ready to take place. In fact, they're already taking place. That God is uh, unleashing upon us uh, the the motivation, the impetus, uh, the excitement to move forward. In ministry, and as it relates to apostolic ministry, you know, uh, as I said before, I was doing apostolic ministry before I even knew what apostolic ministry was. in uh, In the 1990s, there weren't very many women who were uh, acknowledging their apostolic call. I, there was no example for me. There wasn't anyone that was out there doing it. There were many pastors that were there, but there weren't very many uh, women that were walking in an apostolic call. And I know that there are those that are listening to me, uh, listening to your show uh, today, that are saying, you know, I sense God moving me. I sense the Spirit of the Lord, you know, taking me into a deeper place, but I'm not really sure, you know, what to do or how to do it. And that's that's one of the clear signs that you are walking as an apostolic leader because we've not been this way before. And the steps of one who is called to be an apostle are tenuous steps. Um, I, I made this analogy before that, you know, oftentimes, you know, people just wanna run, you know, and they just wanna, you know, run and runners just run. They don't even look at the you know, the steps that are right before them. But apostles and prophets don't run. I walk as tenuous, I walk as step by step and moment by moment that's the way he leads us and there are those that are listening to me right now you know that that's your life that there are others that have took off they took off running and they've already achieved where they want to be and they're already doing but here you are still taking those those steps inch by inch and step by step because God is making your steps sure and sound and we're living in a time where the proof of who we are the proof of God's anointing the proof of God's call upon our life is going to be evident not only in the church but uh, in the world there There is such a strong, strong anointing. There's such a strong, strong spirit of the Lord that is moving across the the earth. And the reason, because the the anointing of the adversary, the anointing of the enemy, the the anointing of the antichrist is strong. It has waxed stronger, and what God is doing is raising up a force that is greater than a force that is equal to and greater than the force that the enemy uh, is released upon the earth. And so, there's a major anointing. There's a major shift that God is shifting. Those of us that would have an ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, He is literally shifting us under this power anointing. Shifting us under this power move, and we're going to see things, signs, wonders, and miracles like we have not seen them before. There are many that have been in their place in their closet; they've been in their place of isolation, and they have prayed and they have saw, sought the Lord, and they've even seen this hour come. And we're 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 on it right now. We're at the precipice of this very thing that God has been stirring. In our hearts and in our minds There's a synchronization that is coming Where God is bringing the, the Apostolic and prophetic voices Those uh, you know, all across the world All across the land and even Across denominations That God is speaking to those that Have an ear to hear and he is uniting Us, he is bringing us into synchronization Where we all flow together We all flow out of the same spirit We all flow out of the same anointing We all flow out of the same power And the reason why God is doing this is because there's but one body of Christ, and he's coming back for one body of Christ. And so that's why we're all sensing the same thing. There is such a move for us to, you know, do whatever we're going to do for the Lord and to do it quickly and to do it expeditiously. So I I want to release this word of encouragement, this word of empowerment to those of you that are listening, that whatever God has anointed you to do, despite the obstacles despite the fact that it may not look like you think it it should look because you know, sometimes we get deceived. We look at um, women or men in ministry that we would consider to be successful, and we look at the light that shines upon them. And, you know, we see their homes together. We see their children together. We see their finances together. We look at that and say, there's no way that, you know, God is calling me because my life don't look like that. But I want you to know that God is pulling those out of out of darkness, out of places of obscurity, and he is bringing us to the forefront, not because we look like what. The world has an expectation of it is because what's on the inside of us has greater value. And that's what God is looking for. He's looking for the individual, for the vessel that has the greater value. I know many of you have heard this analogy before that you know a diamond in the rough, well, I literally have seen a diamond in the rough, and if you've ever seen a diamond in the rough, it's nothing you want it's not nothing you want to put on your finger, but once it is chiseled, it is skilled, it is crafted, it is polished, it is beautiful and brilliant, and this is what the Lord is doing. For his people, his daughter, his sons that will be obedient in this hour, he literally is bringing us out of that dark room where we've been chiseled, we've been polished, and we you know we've been made to be brilliant, and he is bringing us out so that the world can stand in awe, not of us. Because the work has got to be not of us. The, the the previous season has been about charismatic movement. The previous movement of God was about you know who can have the you know the most uh, a, a animation, who can you know do the most charismatically. This move of the Lord that He is bringing us into now, it is all not it's not about the vessel. It's about what's contained in the vessel. It is about the power of God being revealed and being released in the earth. And so I want to encourage every person that has their ear to the realm of the spirit and every person that is listening to this broadcast today to know that the time of the Lord is now and that the anointing and that the power and the gifting that he has placed upon you, whether you be a man, whether you be a woman, whether you think you're in your 20s and you're too young, whether you're in your 60s and you think you're too old, I want you to know that that which God has promised that He would do in you and through you and by you, we have entered into that season, and it is a breaking taking place now. And this breaking that is happening says it is happening in a in a matter of days, not weeks not months. Many of you have been holding on since the beginning of January, and I'm telling you, it is about days. It's about days away from breaking loose and breaking free in your life. And I am so glad, my sister, I am so glad to be a part of what the Lord is doing. I'm I'm going to to share this one more.
0: uh, Yeah, you keep going.
1: going. But I am so glad when I read in the book of Revelation, and it talks about, uh you know it talks in the book of revelation it talks about uh, the prophetic move of the lord uh, what it should look like and uh i get that because the bible says that there were two prophets uh and some people call them elisha and moses and you know i'm i'm not I, i'm not here to you know debate about that but the bible clearly tells us about two prophets to priests um in that last hour and when i see those two individuals it gives me a glimpse of the operation in the spirit Where God wants us to be The Bible says that when they prophesied Or when they opened their mouth That their words Consumed the opposition That it was like fire that leapt out of their mouth and was able to consume the the opposition and I believe that there is such a profound powerful anointing that's being released in the oracles of God again not just relegated to the apostles and prophets but anybody that will posture themselves to be an oracle of God what comes out of us in this season what is released from our mouth in this season literally is going to consume every opposition and so So the Father is bringing us to that place where we realize that what we release out of our mouth literally is going to cause the opposition uh, in the world, in the political realm, in the financial realm, in the technological realm, and wherever God has strategically placed you to release out of your mouth, it is going to be immediate consumption. And that's the glimpse. You know, that's the end result. And so God is bringing us. he's, He's breaking tradition. As it relates to, you know, the, these things that we have been taught about what the prophetic is and what the prophetic does, literally God is bringing us to a place where we are going to be able to release out of our mouths those things will literally cause the, the opposition to be consumed, not in not in months not in, you know, hours, but the very moment that we stand and declare what the mind, the work, and the will of the Lord is, we're going to see immediate result. And I certainly believe that. And so every prophet that is listening to this today, whether you're listening live or whether you'll be listening to the playback, I want you to know that that stirring that you've been sitting in your spirit that urgency that you've been uh, feeling in your spirit to release out of your mouth. And even though it may seem like, you know, seems like, you know, in your church you may be clamped down and there seems to be no outlet, I don't care if you gotta go in your backyard. I don't care if you gotta go, you know, prophesy to your television, you literally gotta release out of your mouth the the word of God, the will of God, because in that releasing, it is gonna cause every opposition that the enemy is trying to put out there in the app in, in the atmosphere, it is gonna cause it to be demolished and to be burned uh in an instant. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the prophetic movement of the Lord. We're moving away from you know these, these um, prophecies of uh, excitement, these prophecies of enticement, these false words of wisdom, these false words of knowledge. God is bringing the prophetic voice to. to it is a recognized entity that we will cause some things to stop, some things to cease when we really operate from from the right place.
0: Amen. 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 Apostle, so I I know and believe by faith that everybody that is listening, um, it has their ear to to hear the voice of God on this afternoon. And you know I receive it. I, you know because you know I'm at that place where you know I feel God doing something, going to a next to the next level. And sometimes when you feel that in you, think something is wrong or not quite right, and really that's just God nudging you and saying, hey, it's time to move. It's time to take another step of faith. And so absolutely. Amen. And so we, we, we certainly uh, thank you for that. So, you know, we're going to move right because there's so much I want you to know about her. And uh, and I want her to share with the audience, with the listening audience, you know, uh, because there's so much you've done in your life and in your ministry that there is somebody, some woman, woman in ministry or even, um, even men that are listening who can actually be helped by this. Because God has given uh, all of us a vision, you know, and sometimes people don't know what to do with what they see. You know, they don't know how to get what they see ready. You know, uh, they see it, but they just don't know what to do. And so um, I believe, as you said, God has placed some of us in the body of Christ in position to help people, you know, go forward in what he has assigned them to do. And so, you know, tell me what you what what are some of the most uh, prevalent challenges of women in the apostolic ministry that you've seen throughout the course of your ministry?
1: Wow that you know it's very interesting that you that you asked that i just had uh i'm helping a young woman do her thesis and she's doing a thesis on a uh, women in ministry and uh she asked me that question that what are some of the the major challenges and so i would say for me that some of one of the major challenges that that i still deal with and that is uh the um understanding or misconception about um how to discern um you know what the what you know that there's no gender uh, as it relates to the realm of the spirit. Uh, that is still you know quite a challenge, particularly particularly in the ministry that God has called me to, because uh, I am not uh, just one that is called to preach in you know uh, in the African American churches. I, I've gone in Catholic churches, Presbyterian, Episcopalian. You know I've been you know fortunate enough to go in a different. Uh, venues of denominations and uh, the lack of understanding of what the spirit realm is and and, uh, that it has no gender is a major opposition. And uh, and so that's one of the things that that apostles do is to, you know, bring truth uh, and revelation and insight. And so, uh, you know, sometimes that is, you know, quite a challenge because before you can even release, you know, what the Lord would have for them to know, you've got to deal with that you know, mindset that says, you know, you know, can a woman preach or, you know, do, do we is there ne- uh, a necessity to have apostles, you know, beyond, um, you know, the 19th century? So uh, that that's one of the challenges. Uh, another one of the challenges is, uh, you know, th- the fact that, you know, there are some people that really don't believe that God called a woman to preach. It's not as bad as it used to be uh, mm-hmm, about right. 10 years ago, but, uh, <laughs> you know, in the South, you know, I'm in, from in, yes. in Rock Hill in the South. That's are very still very prevalent. There's still the old boys uh, club, if you will, and um, you know we've we've had to you know had to deal with that. And then now that um, the 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 gate has been opened and there are more women uh, in ministry. And I'm I'm sure you've experienced this, but even within our own ranks there is, you know, division and jealousy, and that's just something that, you know, is unfortunate, and I wish it was not a part uh, of, you know, what we experience. but, you know, there is that, you know, spirit of competition or can be, uh, you know, that's out there, and, and I've just learned how to you know, pull that thing under when I walk into a building and I experience it. I just know how to arrest that thing in the realm of the spirit and uh just walk gingerly uh because you, you want the anointing to uh introduce and announce who you are uh and not, you know, your 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 personality yes. or your charisma. And so I've I've learned to do um, you know, to deal with with that but the major opposition right now is not so much as what I experienced early in ministry about me being a woman but it's more so the the misunderstanding of what it means to walk apostolically and and what the spirit of the lord desires to bring to us you know as the people of god uh, in this season to to break that uh, mindset of mediocrity to break that mindset of not wanting to change that is one of the major oppositions that apostolic ministry faces right now
0: Amen, amen uh, And I see that in ministry Especially, I'm in the South So especially here in the South We still do have a, a few people That are still, you know uh, Challenging whether or not Women should do certain things In ministry And believe it or not, as you just said It's only been a short period of 10 years Where we've seen major changes That's not a Absolutely. long time you, Absolutely. Know, you know 10 years, that's like just reaching behind you you know, tapping on the door, you know, that's not a long period of time. But uh, it's a great advancement, but it's not as as far as we need to be because we still have some who are are very outspoken about it. You know, um, I know here they still have some that don't even want women to even step in the pulpit at all and you know how antiquated that is right so you know <laughs> just i mean i'm talking about just bringing something up in the pulpit you know yes. they don't want you to stay here. You know, they don't want you in that er, 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 part of the church period you know and uh, we have a lot of sisters who have been influenced uh with that teaching and they honestly believe that yes. they should not even step foot Into that area, that is a sacred area for men only, or for men clergymen only, you know. And so we still have a lot of hurdles to get over. But as other people are getting over that particular hurdle, you know, we move forward in our callings, you know, and uh, do do the assignment that God has called us to do. So, what words of advice or or encouragement uh, uh, would you give to women who are women in ministry?
1: Wow. One of the things I would say is certainly, um, you know, if you're, if you're new in ministry, you know, maybe you, you're just embracing your, your call, uh, you know, to, to preach and to teach and, you know, you're about, you know, three years or less. I would certainly invite, advise you, you know, to find a mentor, find somebody that you can, um walk alongside, find somebody that you can shadow because I will tell you those women of God, uh, that have you know, gone before before you and have paved a way for you. It is almost like you can catch their tailwind and some of the things that they've had to endure and um go through, you won't have to go through it because they you know, they've already paved the way. And I'm really grateful for that. I, I really uh, thank God for being a trailblazer. And what I say to my spiritual daughters is, you know, the oppositions that I have had to face, you won't you won't have to face them because I've already, you know, broken that barrier and faced that hurdle. I've already, you know, uh, you know, gone that. So there, there are a lot of times that young ministers. Suffer in silence, not really knowing how to, you know, maneuver, how to handle themselves. But there are those that have already uh, bridged that gap and know how to handle it. When you are, you know, asked to preach from, <laughs> asked to preach from the floor, I can remember in the '80s, you know, when, uh, and I was part of a denominational church, and, and they would ask me, you know, well, you know, can, can you preach from the floor? And my, here, my thing is, you get, I can preach from, from the pew. Don't yeah. You? because the anointing is going to show you in a few minutes exactly who I am. And I've had some of those same pastors, you know, who asked me to preach from the floor that when I went back the next time, invite me right up in their pulpit, and I don't treat them any any differently, you know, than it had the, you know, that we had not had that experience. And so I would say if you're young in ministry, certainly find, Someone uh, to mentor. If you're if you're you've been in ministry for, for a while, then find somebody that you can mentor. It means a lot. There is a law of reciprocity that comes that when you give out and give to somebody else, you know more doors will be open for you. What you make happen for somebody else, God will certainly make sure that it happens for you. And so, I would like to see that. I'd like to see more camaraderie among, particularly, you know, I can't speak for a man, but I would love to see more camaraderie among women. That's why I was so excited to be able to do your show. You know, even though I have my own blog talk radio, mm-hmm. we're not in competition with each other. Right. I'm so Absolutely. glad to see your show if, you know, and just, um, you know, be as excited to do your show as you would be if for me to have you on my show. And I would love to see that happen more, that we celebrate, One another. We celebrate each other's uh, accomplishments rather than feel like we're in competition with one another.
0: Absolutely, because when we see each other as competition, if you think of it from a business perspective, if we see each other as competition, I'm going to treat you as competition. Yes. I'm going to treat you as competition, especially if we, if we you know, we're flowing in the same type of anointing, same giftings on our lives. I'm going to see you as competition. So I'm not going to share with you. I'm not going to network with you. I'm not going to embrace you. I'm not going to uh, collaborate with you. No, I'm not. I'm going to keep you at a distance. I might watch what you're doing, but I'm going to keep you at a distance. But I, I, uh, I tell people in ministry, you you have to uh, stop seeing me as competition and see me as a compliment to your yes. life. And when you see yes. me as a compliment to your life, then you're more willing to embrace me. Because when I come into your life, I come in to enhance your life. When you come into mine, you come in my area, territory, you're coming in to enhance me. So if I see you as a compliment, I already know that no matter what I'm doing, when you show up, in that in, in, I know that you're going to just make, make it just that much better, whatever it is that I'm doing. But if I see Absolutely. you as, as, as competition, already I'm tense when you're in the room, already. You know, yes. if you walk into the room, I'm tense. You know, because now I'm, you know, is, is everybody going to flock over there to her? You know, I'm already tense if I see you as a com- as um competition. And we're not in this thing as competition. And when you see someone as competition, what will happen is if they try to give you information, and it could be information that you could use, you'll receive that information, but you'll have no respect for that person. And yes. you, you know, you'll receive it, but you won't honor them in the process. You know, mm. you will you will falsify the receiving of it. Like you'll pretend like you're thankful and you're grateful, but then it, it, it the, the, in the pit of your being, you know, you'll think you're getting over on somebody by getting some information, and then you'll run out there and have a. As some people say, a minute selective, uh, a selective amnesia about where you got <laughs> yourself. Know, that
1: is so true. Yes. Yeah, you will get up
0: and give your testimony, true. but you'll forget my name. Not that yes. we're looking. But it'll be obvious that, you know, it'll be obvious what you did. And that is you didn't really connect with me because you thought, I uh, you know, that I can enhance your life or compliment it. You were trying to get something from me and you did whatever you had to do to get it. You know, you pretended like you uh, liked me or honored me or you pretend like you respected me. You just wanted to get what you wanted to get. And once you got it, then the, then all of a sudden you, there was a distance. You distanced yourself from me. You know, and so it becomes evident and then those of us in the in ministry and leadership who've experienced that, we have to let our spiritual maturity kick in. You know. Yes. So there's no retaliation, no revenge.
1: You know. Absolutely. All that kind but you- of stuff. go ahead. I was going to say you you hit upon a key word and uh you know what you said is that when when you do that when you operate from that place of you know uh, literally you know trying to get something from someone else and you don't validate it is literally what you do is that you even you you force it and yes. what happens is you know you may experience some some, some momentary gains from, you know, taking what you got from an from individual, but it's not lasting. And what happens is you will end up finding yourself faltering, failing. So it's not even worth it. It's not even worth it to, you know, um, to rub up against somebody to get what you can and, you know, try to forge it off as your own because eventually all that you could have gotten, you just yeah. forfeited that for that, for that you know, for that moment. And, of course, I've had to happen. I've had people, I remember the very first um the very first manual, the very first book that uh, that I wrote and before it was published, you know, I started um teaching from it and uh was we handed it out to, to our membership. Well somebody uh was friends with a member of our church and they took the manual and uh started teaching from it and started teaching from it as if it was his own and not giving me uh, credit. And, I, you know, at first I was like, wow, people really do that <laughs> blatantly. And, uh, but his ministry went nowhere after that. I mean, really, for a minute it looked, you know, as if people were receiving it as his own revelation. But, you know, after five years nobody, you know, heard of him uh, before. So, you know, you really, it behooves us to really, if you're going to connect, and I do teach, a, teach about connection. If you're going to connect, make sure your your motivation for connecting is is pure so that you can get the lasting benefit from it and not just a momentary satisfaction.
0: Right. Amen. Because when, when that momentary satisfaction wears off, you are left with nothing. Yes. You, you don't even have the connection anymore, you know. And then the enemy will get in and you'll get so prideful that you won't even go and apologize so that you can reconnect. You'll just stay your distance and miss out on all of the benefits the connection mm-hmm. could break or the enemy will get in and have you twist it and make it seem like you're the victim and not the other person make it what? seem now like you said a mouthful you said right. a mouthful. you know I, I was in a similar situation as you're in but it was in business and when she got everything she wanted i mean we were uh selling similar products you know that kind of thing and i was telling Everything to do, and and we and and watch this. We both had the same last name, and my wow. the name of my business for selling the fashion jewelry was London. You know. Okay. Now we're talking about you. You know. By the time I started doing that, I had already established a name in the community with Ginger London Ministries, and so she didn't. When there was a distance there for a minute, and when she launched her business, she called it London. I said, now the people's wow. people gonna be People gonna be confused. What you doing? You know. So then, but she did that because a a reputation had already been established under that name, and so then, um, um, when when the Holy Spirit started dealing with her about what she had done, she tried to twist it and make it seem like I victimized her. Wow. No, we're not going down like that. You know, you can go do your own thing, but you're not gonna twist it. Truth truth will prevail. You can do whatever you want from this point, but truth is going to prevail. You know, I can't make you change your name of your business. I can't make you stop selling anything, but I can guard my character. So I'm not going to let you go out there and have people believing that I attacked you or took something from you or, you know, uh, that kind of thing. We're going to clear this up. Now, you go ahead and be successful, but we're going to clear this character thing up here. You know, Amen. it is, it, you know, and, and it, it was a tough lesson because it was somebody I cared about, you know, so in Christ, you know, um, really did love in the, in the, in the spirit of the Lord and still do. But it was, it was like, really, it's like, I don't want to have to handle you like this, you know, but you leave me no other choice when you do something like this. Now if she'd have just done it and went her own way. Okay, I've been hurt but I got over I would have gotten over it. But I tell people anytime you attack my character in ministry, because I have sacrificed and I have gotten before God for a long period of time, I'm just not gonna let you come in and dismantle it with one comment. You know mm. we'll go to battle for my for my ministry character. Because it's all, we yes. already have this that are falling short in some areas. So I'm not going to let you stain that after all of the travailing and prevailing that I've been doing in this. I'm not going to let you come up and just say one or two words and try to shatter all of that. And then people looking at me like, oh, wow, well, maybe she's not such and such. Uh uh-uh. mm. We're going to clear that. I want the people to still know that I walk in the spirit of integrity, you know, disagreement right here, but I'm not going to let you infer that I have no character or no integrity. We're not gonna, do, or, or that I use ministry against you. No, that because that's not my assignment. So I'm not gonna let you take that because there are some ears that are just wanting to hear negative, so they can have some justification why they don't believe. So, so we had to, we had to get that straight, you know. And it took. A, a minute, you know, for us to we, we, we'll speak. Hello, how you doing? But I learned from that, Apostle Gray, when it comes to business, you know, I will teach you some I will teach people some general things, but I don't let them into the to the uh, I don't I don't really let them into the uh, to the inner courts of a whole lot of stuff. You know, I have to be very careful now. Because well, and,
1: and that's wise, and and even operating spiritually, there are a lot of things, you know, and and uh, of course we don't share this with you know with the general populace, but absolutely I share this with leaders. You really have to be careful, because uh, even the Bible talks about that. You really got to be careful with who you share what you share with Jesus. Took Peter James and John and brought them into an innermost circle, and they got to experience and see some things that the others did not get to see and experience. And you know that's just a that's just a natural law that's set up, and and uh, it's important that we you know that we operate from that place. And even though we love people, we want everybody to get it. The realities are, it, it's not for everybody.
0: Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, you've written um, some books. Uh, Can you tell us about the books that you've written and the focus of each one? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The first,
1: um, again, being being in ministry, we wrote a lot of uh, teaching manuals. We wrote um, why ties, um, why the type is important. Uh, That was one of the earlier manuals. We wrote about, you know, the office of a pastor, you know, and the fivefold ministry. But our first published uh, work, uh it's called you can't pick up ashes and the, the premise of that book um was that the heart is the ultimate place uh, of sacrifice, and uh, there were specific instructions that God gave to Moses as to how uh, Zebah, the place of the altar, was supposed to be constructed. And when you research that, you'll find out that the the, the original altar is much constructed like the the, the um, canals of your heart. It has four chambers. The heart has four chambers, and the altar was supposed to have four. Uh, separate pinnacles and set up. So I walk the reader through um, how the ultimate place of sacrifice is in your heart and that when you truly uh, allow something to, you know, be placed on the altar, that it is consumed by the fire of God, and that there's nothing left but ashes. And hence, the book, you can't pick up ashes. And so I, I, I came to that conclusion because, you know, growing up uh, in the church and, um you know, saying that people say, you know, lay your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And uh, in my life, there are a lot of things I laid on the altar and was able to go back and get it. And, and that just messed me up because I'm saying, okay, if yeah. I lay this on the altar, you know, then, then let me know that there was something wrong. There was there was something I was missing in that process that if I laid it on the altar, that needs, you know, that altar needs needs to be right. And there are specific things because the Bible says if you – if you touch the altar with man-made uh, utensils, that, you know, anything laid on it will be tainted, uh, that if you, you know, uh, augment it in any way, you know, the altar, then what was laid on it would, would not be consumed. And so I walk the reader how to present your heart as the ultimate place and altar upon which your sacrifices will be laid, and then to have the fire of God come and consume that sacrifice. And when that happens, there is literally... Nothing, you know, there's literally nothing left. Uh, The latest book um, that I've just finished was released December of um, 2012, actually on Christmas Day, is The 40 Ways to Enhance Your Spiritual Vision. And I'm really excited about this book. Uh, It has been a blessing to so many people. And, uh, you know, what it is is a book about 40 different um, aspects of vision. For example, we take um, periscopic vision, telescopic vision, wow. uh, hard look, close look, and we take these and really show you how you can apply them to be able to see what you need to see when you need to see it. There are a lot of times we see things, but we don't need, we don't see them when we need to, and it causes us to to miss opportunities. It causes us to, you know, miss uh, key exits when we need to uh, exit a particular thing in our life. And uh, so it's my experiences of things that I have learned how to observe and pay attention to so that I can have the advantage in my life. When I first wrote the book, it wasn't called uh, 40 Ways to Enhance Your Spiritual Vision. It was just called 40 Ways to Enhance Your Vision because it was not, you know, it's just not about. Um, People who consider themselves to be spiritual, anybody can pick this book up and see its advantages to being able to look at a thing from a different perspective. I'll just take this time right now to say, okay. For example, when you look at things through a microscope, you know, when you look at when you look at it, it looks totally different. It looks totally foreign. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like you know what it should look like. You know, when if I cut myself right now, my blood reads red. You know, but when I put that under a microscope, you don't see any color, it's not red, and what it looks like is something foreign and unearth-like. And so that happens in the realm of the spirit. Oftentimes when we look at a, at a certain situation, we look at it and it looks one way, but when you delve deeper into it to look at it microscopically, you can see what it's made of, and that's important because Not only can you see what it's made of, you can see the remedies of how to fix what's wrong. That's why doctors look at things under a microscope because they can't tell by you saying I got a headache or I got my my stomach hurt they go and look and diagnose to see what the cause of that thing is and as it relates in our lives there are many times in order for us to fix what's wrong we got to go to the root of the matter we got to go to the cause of it and so we really need to be able to look microscopically and so I talk about that I talk about the lens of the microscope the light of the microscope which is very important I talk about how the lens is you know our ability to see the light of course is God and a microscope will not work you can have a lens and a light but if you don't have that amplification it's not working you can have you can Have the other two components and missing one, it's not going to work. We need to make sure that we have all of the components working so that we can see what it is we need to see, and again, I say when we need to see it.
0: Hey, man. Those are
1: the two books, Those are the two books that, are, that are out there that are published right now, and uh, I'm really, you know, really, really excited about them. And, uh, of course, we do a, you know, blog talk radio show every Wednesday called The Gray Matter. I'm excited about that as well. I'm excited about everything that's happening in my life, I want you to know
0: amen amen and so you know i'm i'm excited just from talking to you you know especially about that forty ways in it, your spiritual your spiritual vision and so um and and since we're right there since you uh, gave that to us we'll just move right into before we close um into the uh the seven truths of for women concerning vision and i'll just teach briefly cuz i know apostle has said a lot and i want that to resonate with you um uh from the show but and I'm gonna just share um, some seven principles, some basic information that one of my spiritual fathers shared with us one time when we met uh with him and I want to share that with the listening audience. And so I'm gonna briefly start by giving you just a brief definition of vision. Because sometimes we have uh God has given us something, and has shown us something and we still are not seeing it as you said clearly. We don't we don't get it, you know, and we don't understand where it's coming from. And so just a real simple uh, definition of vision would be a divine directive given through a spiritual experience, you know, so you know those of us who worship God, we have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. and so a defin- uh, a vision is the definition is a divine directive given through a spirit, given through a spiritual experience. It is the, the divine portrait of a potential and possibilities that rescue mankind from his perishing predicament. So as I told you once before on a previous show back in January, you are a reward to somebody. So any vision, any dreams that God is showing you, it's not just for yourself, it's also for someone else. And so you have to see yourself as an instrument that God is using, and he shows you through that vision how he's going to do it. And I posted um, today that um, when you see, when God shows you a vision, he shows you where he's bringing you to, not what he's bringing, bringing you through. And so uh, we see that where, where he's bringing us to, and then we have to prepare ourselves to get to the two. And so I wanted to share uh, some uh Some seven uh, principles with you right quick before we finish our interview uh, with Apostle Gray. And the first one is, number one, vision comes from God as a response to human need. Most of us, not most of us, but all of us who are called of God is because there is something that God want to use us to do to help someone else. Whether you are training leaders, whether you are discipling uh, new believers, whether you are a a woman entrepreneur, whether you're an author, that book that you write is for somebody else. You know, whether you are uh, a career woman, if you are on a job somewhere and you're working in a certain capacity or in a certain profession and you've been, uh, God has assigned you to do that, it is because there is somebody who is in need of what you have. And so that division that comes from God is a response of a human need. So what is that human need, and so you uh, really would have to uh, seek the face of God and ask God to make clear to you what the vision is and what what, why he's using you or what is the purpose, I should say, of the vision that he's going to use you uh, to accomplish. The second one is, number two, is God has entrusted, uh, God has to entrust a vision to people he can trust. So if God has given you a vision, that means that he trusts you. Now, we sometimes have to bring ourselves into spiritual maturity where we grow in grace and knowledge and we grow in our obedience to God and in our faithfulness to God, where we uh, show that we are uh, workmen that are approved of God we have to be able to handle and when I say handle uh the vision meaning that we have to be uh matured enough to be entrusted with the vision God doesn't show us a vision and then want us to run off like loose cannons and go out there trying to just immediately I saw a vision yesterday so I'm gonna go out here and try to do something today you know I have to grow uh, uh in certain areas Uh, in my life, to be entrusted uh, with that vision or to handle it correctly and to handle it in the spirit realm. You know, if I am, uh, um, uh, gifted to teach and that I'm walking in the office of, office of a teacher and God is showing me a vision where I'm going to be on a certain platform teaching people, then I can't just get up and speak out of my flesh because I have influential power behind every word that I say that comes from the word of God. So that means that I have to study right. I have to make sure I rightly divide the word of God correctly. I have to make sure that I uh, that I love people. I have to make sure that I can hear well, not just... Uh, hear what people are saying, but be able to hear clearly what God is speaking to me. Because if I don't get those things straight in my life, I don't mature in those areas. I'll get up behind a microphone and say the wrong thing. And somebody who's listening to me and who's believing uh, what I say because they see uh, the glory of God on me is going to take what I say and run with it and try to live their lives according to what I said. That's why it's so important. I was teaching um a school of ministry here, class here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I told them that, you know, if you're going to be a minister of the word, the word of God has to be able to come through you without ever touching you. So it doesn't matter what you think about it what your what your mindset is it doesn't matter what your perception is, what you learned in the streets. when you get ready to deliver the word the the, the uh the challenge of a great preacher or a great teacher or a great a uh, minister of the word is can the Word of God come through you without ever touching you? Can you deliver it without tainting it? Can you deliver the word without messing it up? with some of you, with that fleshly stuff or that carnality that you may have. Okay. And so then our principle number 3, every vision has a unique timetable. And so we know that I'm going to read Habakkuk 2, chapter 2. And I'm going to read uh, verse 2 it says, "The Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run" who reads it in verse three, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it it will not tarry. So whatever vision God has given you, it is for an appointed time. Don't rush it, don't try to beat the clock, don't try to run the clock down, just wait for what, um, for the appointed time, and in the meantime the words that he's he who has a ministry, let him wait on it in the meantime, when you're waiting for the appointed time to show up, get yourself together, study the Word of God, get in build your prayer life, increase your faith, get make sure that you have the right uh, and necessary tools to go forth in your assignment, make the connection. Uh, as Apostle was talking about. You're going to need to connect with the right people, people who can who you can shadow and who you can mentor and say, hey, my, this is the vision, but it's not the appointed time yet. Can I shadow you? Can I just uh, uh, come to uh, things that you're doing? Can I see how you're doing it? Can I sit at your feet on at certain times? So, wait for the appointed time uh for the vision to actually manifest itself don't rush it because when you go before time you're in your own strength but you when you move according to the timing of God then it God is on God amen and so then principle number 5 Hi. is uh is that uh vision always attracts provision so whatever vision that God has given you don't panic if it looks like you don't know how you're going to do it, your money is acting funny, you know, uh you may not have the uh the necessary tools that it uh it takes uh 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 to get uh, to get it done or, or uh you may not have uh maybe even the best um uh study bible in the world. Whatever it is that you need, the vision will attract provision for you and God uses his people to bless his people so you have to make sure you keep your spirit open and keep your eyes open so that you can recognize when God is moving on your behalf when he's touching the hearts of others to actually plant seeds into your life so that you can go forward and what he has assigned you or called you to do sometimes we um, we close down and we put walls up and bricks up and, and all that up and people can't get to us because you may have had bad experiences in the past and um, uh, and And you're still harboring some bitterness or some anger or some frustrations rather or even some disappointments from some past experience you got to must ask God to heal you and cleanse you from that because when God wants to use somebody to bless you, you have to be open to receive the vision has to be conceived and received so if you have to conceive it and receive it, then God is going to use other people to plan into it. So you have to be open to receiving from the ones that God is going to use to bless your life, to bring the vision to pass. And then number six, visions will always be assaulted by criticism and persecution. So there are going to be those around you who will not understand what God has called you to do. And those are the people that you have to literally um, uh actually uh break away from uh and get away from those people because uh those people will interfere with what God is trying to do in your life, and so you want to make sure that um, you get away from uh, those people when you when you have doubt and unbelief uh in your life circ- uh circling around your life, you will not be able to see the picture uh the vision picture that god has, has, is showing you you will actually start seeing. The criticism, the disbel, the uh, the uh, the disbelief or the unbelief, or you start seeing doubt. You start seeing the picture opposite of what God is calling you to do, and so you must get away from anybody that will get in the way or interfere. With what God is what the vision that God is showing you, and so when it comes to criticism and when it comes to persecution, you have to be able to stand strong, you have to be able to trust what God said if God said it, He will bring it to pass uh don't you don 't have to be defensive all the time you don 't have to go to battle for it you don 't have to um Uh, debate anybody about what God has shown you that he's going to do with your life or how he's going to use you. All you need to do is believe God. And if there's someone around you who doesn't understand or who's critical, uh, uh, critical about it, or who's, uh, Who critiques it and criticizes it a lot, then what you need to do is you need to uh, break away uh, from those people and surround your people, stuff around, as the apostle said, people who will celebrate you. Don't just stay with people, as Mike Murdoch says, who tolerate you. Go to people who celebrate you. And that may mean sometimes encouraging yourself, patting yourself on the back, because you may need to have a season of isolation where you are away from everybody until you can, when you are strong enough to actually stand on what God has said to you and stand in strong faith and believe what God has shown you that he's going to do with your life, sometimes you have to go into a season of isolation so that you can be alone with God. You know, if, if what people say about you and to you affects you that way, then you have to pull yourself away from people because people who are not doing anything or people who are not doing as much as they would like to do or who don't have vision for their own lives or who are confused about their lives, sometimes when they're friends, get a clear revelation about what's supposed to happen with their lives. They have a tendency uh, to be uh, to envy or to covet that or to even become jealous of it. And then the enemy uses them to attack the vision rather than support the vision and rather than embrace it and wish the, their friend well. So those are not always people who are tr- intentionally trying to harm you, but sometimes in situations, in like certain cases, you must pull yourself even away from your, some of your dearest friends and family members until God um strengthens your inner man where you're strong enough to be able to communicate them and let God deal with them so that they can get the 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 uh the uh, spiritual blindness scales dropped or removed from their eyes where they can rejoice with you and go forward with you and and uh be there to support you in what God has called you to do. So it will require that you um uh, um uh, uh during that Time with so criticism and discouragement, you may have to come into a season of isolation, and then the last principle is the vision of God gives you gives you will develop you you know what you see most is what you're going to desire and so if you focus a lot you know on uh, different things that you see on uh television and all of that, then that's what you 're going to desire. but when you focus on the vision that God has given you and you uh Set your eyes on it so you can see in the spirit room what God is showing you, then you're in at the place where he's now going to begin uh, to develop you um, in that area. And what that does is when, when you surrender yourself and focus on the vision that God has shown you for your life, then you're going to find yourself spending a lot of time in the secret place. You're going to be communing with God a lot, you know, because when, when you're in that secret place is where you can actually get rid of all the wrong pictures and the right pictures will come alive or your vision will come alive to you. You know, so you have to connect yourself with a prophet or uh, a man or woman of God who is a great leader. You have to share that with them, the ones that you uh, trust, and uh, you have to get, uh, allow them to begin speaking into your life. That's where development comes in. You know, sometimes you may have an idea, but it may, may not be the right time to do it. You need a man or woman of God that you can trust that says, wait, hold that idea for a moment. It's not time yet to do that. You will do it, but it's not right now. It's not the time to do it. And then you, and, and you need to be able to hear that in your development stage and not become offended. Because you have a, God, a great idea and they're saying it's not the time yet, it's easily to get offended because sometimes you want to rush out and do some things. And, you, and remember I said the vision has a timetable. So you need to connect with someone who can hear the voice of God, who can give you some direction, who can help you uh, to develop uh, in your uh, preparation season as you are preparing for um to carry out the vision that God, um, so in, in one main reason that you really need to devel- be developed in your vision if you want uh, this is that you sometimes can see, uh, you see the vision that God has shown you, but then you see something else, you know, remember, you know, when they went into, um, got out the land and they came back and they said, what do you see? And they say, hey, we see, you know, we see people, you know, that look like grasshoppers, you know, no, you know, we don't need no grasshopper mentality if you're going to do what God is showing you to do. So some when you're in that process, allow yourself, in in the place of receiving a vision, allow yourself to be developed. That's going to be so important that you become developed, you become grounded in the word of God, uh, you become a strong in your faith. Your inner man, inner man becomes strong because as women in ministry or women entrepreneurs or women authors, when God gives us something, there are people because of the way our society thinks. Will try to discourage you and tell you that's not for you. There are people who are still antiquated and they'll even tell you your place is in the home. Your place is cooking for your husband or providing for your children. Fix it, making sure your children get educated. Take them to school. Go make sure they make their dance classes. There'll be people who will try to discourage you from actually um, fulfilling the calling on your life. And they will even tell you, well, you know that might that okay, that might be for somebody else but it's not for you. And they'll try to discourage you before you know it because you're listening to the wrong voices. You put the vision down and you pick up that old uh, system mentality and you get right back into the car driving the kids to school and you miss out on fulfilling your life purpose and living a fulfilling life because you listen to somebody who put you who um, took their word used their words to put you back into a stereotype rather than propel you to the next level in your life you can do great things for God as a woman whether you're married whether you have children even in a, as a professional career woman you could still do some great things for God without neglecting other areas of your life. without You could be a great woman of God and be a great wife and mother. One does not have to suffer for the other. If you're operating in the the strength of God and by the spirit of God, it will all balance out and you will actually, your family will actually um, benefit uh, from ha- from you fulfilling the call of God on your life. If you read Proverbs 31, you read what we call the Proverbs 31 woman. Her family was was benefiting from her works that she did. And so I want to encourage you. I'll go back over them right quickly if you were writing down. Number one, vision comes from God as a response to a human need. You must ask God what your assignment is and who you are assigned to. You are a reward to somebody. Number two, God has God has to entrust a vision to someone he can trust. Number three, a vision must be received and conceived. Amen. You got to receive it. You got to conceive it because you're going to have to uh, nurture that vision before you actually give birth to it and before it goes forth. Number four, every vision has a unique timetable. Number five, vision always attracts provisions. Six, visions will, vision will always be assaulted by criticism and persecution. And number seven, the vision of God, God gives you, will develop you. Amen. And so uh, I wanted to share that with you. And so uh, uh, to be blessed. And we're going to move back into the interview with um, with the apostle. We have a few more minutes left. Um, and we're going to... Uh, at- Ask her just to interview her a little bit more, and then we're gonna let her take questions uh and comments if you have if you're by phone, just press the number one and we can bring you on live If you're in the chat room, just type in your question or comment and um and I'll read it to her, and then she will uh respond to uh, your question or comment so Apostle, are you ready to come finish the interview?
1: Oh, I am, but I was certainly enjoying your 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 seven sister. they're absolutely amazing, remarkable great words of insight.
0: Amen, amen. And before we go, do you have anything you want to share on that before we move back into the questions?
1: It was very inclusive. You covered, you covered it all. I mean, it was a blessing to listen to you share that. It was a, a very encouraging.
0: Amen, amen. So um, what advice would you give um, to, and we were talking about your book, you were finishing up on your books as I moved into to that one, which was perfect, but we may have some women authors. Uh, on the on the line or some women of God who desire to be authors. What advice would you give to women who are authors or who want to become authors?
1: Wow, I, I would say this, you know, uh I borrowed this line from uh one of the movies, uh, in a and his uh, sister acting, when she was trying to get the young girl to to you know, really acknowledge her call to to sing um, she says, you know, if you wake up in the morning and all you think about is doing is writing, you know, every everything you see, you see it in terms of words, then you're meant to be a writer. And so I want to say that to you, if you can't, you know, you eat it, breathe it, sleep it, then you're supposed to be a writer and you need to write. And so I would encourage you, to, you know, to pick up that pen, pick up, the, you know, the computer and just literally begin uh, to write your story, to write your song, to write your poems, to write your plays, you know, because not every writer, you know, is in book form. There are many of you that, you know, have the ability to write song, write plays, write skits, write movies, you know, write novels, and I want to encourage you to do it and to overcome the distractions that come. uh, The first book I wrote when my daughter was six months old, and, um, you know, I had to chisel out some time. You know, I tried doing it, you know, you know, late at night after they all went to bed, waking up early, you know, right in before, and they went to sleep. And then eventually, because of the urgency to get that word out, I literally hired a babysitter uh, to watch uh, my children for a weekend Uh, while I went and shut myself away into a hotel in Charleston, South Carolina, and banged that book out. And so whatever you need to do to get that revelation out, because I will share this, that there have been some great things written uh, and some not so great things written, (laughs) but it's all about timing uh there, there you know there was a book that just came out just before mine, and it was about a guy uh whose name was greg i can 't remember but it 's a real sexually provocative book and The woman that wrote it every time she'd she 's interviewed said, "Well, this is something I just did. you know I just wrote it about it, not expecting it to be great but the the release of it was was right at the right time so she became a success because it re- was released at the right time. And what I want to say to those of you who are writers, when God is impressing upon you to write something, you really need to capture that while the anointing is present because the time for that word is relevant and it's now. And so you really got to um, press beyond the distractions and get that out there. Don't worry about, you know, spell check, don't worry about any of that, because there are a lot of writers who are not good in their vocabulary. <laughs> not, and that's why they have people to, you know, that are, that are editors that will come about behind you and clean it up. Uh, the first couple of books that I've written, you know, um, have been, you know, basically Christian um, in terms of application, they've been more instructional. But I'm getting ready to work on my first um non fiction novel and it's something I've never I've never done it before. I've never, you know, had somebody tell me their story and for me to write it. But um I got a word from the Lord from my mom actually who read my last book and says, you know, the world needs to read what you have written, um, but you need to, you know, present it in a different uh uh in a different genre. So I'm writing my first non fiction Christian novel and I'm
0: really excited about it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you you definitely write it in. You know. <laughs> you know, I you know, I and I have uh gotten um several prophecies that there are books on the inside of me and I'm gonna be the first to say I'm a procrastinator, you know, and uh the other night when I went to go teach the uh, school of ministry class. That I been, will be teaching for three three weeks. Before we got started, a gentleman on the front row looked at me and said, I just want to ask you a question. And I said, okay, not, not expecting anything mm-hmm. like this. And he said, have you started writing that book yet? I could have just fainted. You know. <laughs> I, I just looked at him, you know, and he said, no, no, no. Have you started yet? And I said, well, a li- uh, 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 a little bit. You know, as you were teaching last week, I just saw books everywhere, but they were books that you had written. You got to get going. And I'm telling you, I've heard that for years, that that's my own fault, procrastinated, uh, let it slip my mind, so to speak, you know, or letting other things get in the way, you know, of me actually just uh, blocking off. And I tell you, Apostle, it's not even where I'm starting from uh, scratch, per se, because I have – four manuals, study manuals that I've written, so and, and God was is leading me to take uh, three of them and turn them into books. And so it's not, I'm not even writing from scratch, per se. When I say scratch, me I mean like from the starting point. It's just a matter of going in and adding more to it, you know. And when you mentioned, uh, I think I typed it in the chat room, you mentioned uh, about the diamond and the rough. The main one that pe- study manual that people are drawn to is the making of a spiritual diamond. Hmm. And I know that that's supposed to be a book, and I've I just been procrastinating. And I've redone it so far as a manual because I had to go teach a, a, a women's uh, a couple of years ago in Dallas, Texas. So I redid it, added more to it. And every time I teach that class or even have that particular manual uh, on the table, people, no matter what other manuals I have, they flock to that one, and that's the one that they buy because it's about growing towards spiritual maturity. And I take. Wow. Pay- you know, I, I I take the stone like you were talking about that uh, rough and uncut, and I take them through the process that that stone goes through, and I compare that through our journey, uh, as we as we grow towards spiritual maturity. What happens to us as we go through a similar process, and how we become uh, that diamond that's in the set place, you know, with that light of brilliance. And so mm-hmm. I've been dragging my feet and procrastinating, and people fuss at me all the time, you know. But last week. Uh, Thursday when, uh, evening when that guy, when that gentleman, that brother in, in ministry said, have you start writing that book? And, you know, and I've been making excuses about it. And so, you know, I was like, well, shoot, they say you got to type it a certain way and you got to do this and you got to do that. You know, I come up with all kinds of things. Lo and behold, I went on a website, a self-publishing type website, and they had templates out there. So well, that, there goes that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay, what size book I wanted. And no matter what size, the size that you wanted your book, there was a template that you could download for free and get the titan. You know, wow. and so so you have I no excuse. That, no excuse. I did it the other night. I did it uh, Monday night. I downloaded different um, for uh, the different sizes and I said, I'm going to go back and find these books that I have and measure them so I can see what size is what. And then I'll go ahead and open that template and go from there. And maybe that will push me because there'll be no excuse about not, no, you know, settings and all that stuff. They have it. Well, all you got to do is type and get it just the way you want it. And so that will help me now. What would you recommend for a new author? Should she have a 200-page book, 300-page book, 1,000 pages? How many <laughs> pages should she start with? You know, what's a good number? I've heard different things. What's a good number? Here's the
1: reality. Um, you know, don't try to don't try to you know set yourself to climb Mount Everest when you're first in tip. That is just not wise. Write until you can't not think of anything else to write about. Just write it. It, it, it could be six pages. It can be twenty pages, two thousand. If you're just getting your feet wet, just write until you've exhausted all you can say about that particular thing and be done with it. Don't um, write under the pressure that I got to mm-hmm. make this book, you know, however many pages. There's a there's a young woman that I mentor. And her books are like you know less than twenty pages, but she got five of them out there, and I'm really wow. I'm really. really
0: they, See, that's not encouraging. Even, that's
1: encouraging. Absolutely, they're twenty pages. Uh, she is her name is Jamesina Green, and uh, you can find her on my uh, on my Facebook page. And but her books are not long at all, at all. I mean literally, you can read them you know at a stoplight. I mean, <laughs> seriously, but. She's out there. She's published, and uh, she, she her books are. She self published them uh, as well. But I've heard that you know in these self publishing, you know they have editors there. They have people that mm-hmm. will you know help you with right. your ideas. And so at this point right now, there should be nothing that's stopping you. From you know, go ahead and get it out there. Don't be pressured. If you're if you're listening to me and you say you know Apostle Gray, I don't know if I could, Don't write the novel. Just write until you cannot find any other word to say, and that's the period. And then send and then send it in. You know, don't even worry about whether you're the best speller. There are people that are hired to do that. What God has put in your spirit is to release it, is to get that out because you don't want to die. And I know we got to close this, but you don't want to die with that vision inside of you. You don't. And so I want to encourage you to exhaust it, really give out all that God has put in you to do so that certainly we can stand before the Father and say, you know what, all I had was five words to say, but I said them five words.
0: That's encouraging. I'm telling you, it's encouraging because when I, you know, I, when I kind of put mine in the template, it came to like 40, 45 pages, between 38 and 45 pages. I said, That is not enough. Lord, I got to think of something I was like, I got to think of something now to say. So that really is, honestly, that is so encouraging. But we do have a quick comment uh, in the uh, chat room that they want you to comment on. And um, she says that she's receiving many comments from hurting and wounded prophets who have never been trained or only received the vision or call of God on their lives and seeking instructions in the local churches. And in their local churches, they are literally uh, being killed. And so the question is, why are these churches uh, killing the precious people who love God?
1: Well, the the reason why that they're killing them is because one of the strongest, as I mentioned, anointings – that will be, you know, prevalent in this hour is the voice of the prophets. Um, to, the, to the listener, you know, you can remember of the days of Jezebel where, you know, the prophets were being killed because they had a certain indefinite word of the Lord that needed to be, that needed to be released. And, uh, you know, just because they have the title of church does not mean that it's an institution uh, under the guise of our Heavenly Father. And so prophets right now are really, you know, they need to be covered. And and one of the things that needs to happen, and I talk about this in my prophetic training, one of the things that needs to happen is that we have a lot of prophets that are not you know they don't have they're not properly connected they don't have an apostolic leader in their life they you know they're not connected to a pastor there's no teacher no evangelistic or so you can't just be out there as a lone ranger so to speak operating as a as a prophet under a pastor and there's no there's no apostolic voice in your life and when that happens you are going to be an open target to be wounded, to be murdered, to be assassinated, to be driven into the caves. But the reason why uh, there is this attack is because of the strong anointing that is going to be released in the hour that precedes the return of the Lord, which we are in right now. And so... uh, that's why the enemy is trying to shut down the the voice of the prophet. Again, you know, I don't have time to go to go into it mm-hmm. in depth, but you know that one of the rising voices that's going to come to confirm Antichrist will be the voice of the prophet. So that um, that that that, that um, calling that 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 voice wants to silence every silence every other prophet if possible, and so that 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 prophetic voice is the only voice that is heard to affirm the Antichrist. And so it is important, if you are a prophet, and you are not being um you're not being trained, you're not being groomed, you're not being covered, you're not being released, that, that the prophetic uh gifting in you is not being developed, then I charge you to get on your face before God and ask God, where do you need to be? Because prophets need to be covered, and the it is the 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 job of the apostles to absolutely do that and to affirm them and to and to release them.
0: Amen. Amen. And uh, she, she was saying that, you know, she's getting a lot of those comments from her YouTube, and she's still listening. So I know that you have helped her in a, being able to address that, you know, and uh, uh, it is just amazing that um, – uh, that you still have some of this going on with all of the available resources that we have in understanding scripture better, understanding the move of God. We still have people, as we said earlier in the show, still have ministries and leaders that are still way in the back somewhere in the, in the old 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 school, you know, that's still um, uh, doing the same thing. So, um, what what are some? How can the listening audience get in contact with you?
1: Okay, really, really easy. I am um, a social media person. I'm just out there <laughs> on, on everything. So if you're on Facebook, I am Apostle Norma Gray on Facebook. Would love to have you contact us that way. I'm also on uh, Social Cam and Twitter. And uh, on my Twitter account, it's uh, Apostle in the site. That's A P O S. T-L-E, the letter N, and then S-I-T-E. I also have a blog on blogger.com. And if you go to, let's see, if you go to um Apostle Norma Gray and then Apostolic Insight, that's A-P-O-S-T-L-E-I-C. I n s i g h t. So, Apostolic Insight. You'll find our daily, our, you'll find our daily blog, and then we also have a website which is Ministry Minded. And so, if you go to www.ministryminded.org, you'll be able to um, find all about us, all about the ministry, and all of the various ways that you can uh, connect with us. We're getting ready to do some one-day. Uh, seminars, teaching on the apostolic, teaching on the, the ministry of uh, the fivefold ministry gifts, as well as uh, how to empower you to move forward in your next place. So if, you, if you're if you interested in a, a one-day webinar where you get to see my face as well as share my screen and hear my voice, I want to encourage you to uh, follow us up on uh, the Ministry Minded website, and you'll see um, some of the latest seminars that are getting ready to come out. It's not up today but just hold it for about another week and then you'll be able to go on there and, uh, you know, connect and be a part of our live webinars. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed being on your show today.
0: Oh, bless you. God bless you. I am so uh, thankful that you wanted to do the show and was uh, able to do it at this particular time. And uh, it's so exciting when I do these types of shows, meeting um New people in ministry, and last year we did it uh, in the month of March and met a a lot of great women who were doing great things. And so it's just really, really an honor uh, to do this type of show, and it's very humbling, you know, um, uh, and and, uh, my gift is big enough to make room for somebody else's gift. And Mm -hmm. so... Uh, I know that when I do that, that I'm going to be blessed. If it's if it's just a connection, that's that's blessing enough. So I know that God is going to do some great things, and it's just it's just. wonderful to meet people and and thank God for social media as you you mentioned earlier because it's through this social media network that we're even able to do this in the past we'd have to get on a plane fly to each other's cities and all that (laughs) kind of stuff you know and now we can do things just you know sitting by a phone or a radio or uh, like you said a webinar in front of a webcam or something and we can make a connection that is global you know and impact people all over the world just from using the Internet and the social media uh, thing. So uh, I am thankful and grateful that you uh, made time to be here. I want to thank everybody that is on the phone line as well as those who are in the chat room um, uh, that are listening. Uh, our time is winding down, and so we're going to close out in prayer. And uh, I want you to visit uh, ministryminded.org, W W W. M I N I S T R Y M I N D E D dot Please go to Apostle Grace, uh website and uh, Apostle, do you have where they can sign up on your email list and things like that? Absolutely. If you go yeah. to the
1: guest uh, book page, absolutely fill that out and we'll we'll get back with you.
0: Right. Okay. So please go join her email list so that. Um, you can uh, stay uh, connected with her, know when she's doing, when the ministry is doing something, when they're going to teach, when they're going to have the one-day uh, seminars, especially if you're in the apostolic or prophetic ministry or calling of God on your life. You know, now you don't have to pack up and go. Like when I went to you moved to Tulsa to go to school. You now can have it right there in the comfort of your own home. And even with these webinars and seminars, there's uh, uh, radio shows and stuff, there's a way to actually get your voice on there and ask a lot of questions, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, oh, God has made, I mean, we just really, in the ministry, have to make really good use of this technology. And, you know, we would, uh, if, if it would really behoove us to do that. And so, absolutely, uh, Apostle, can you uh, close us out in prayer?
1: Absolutely. Father, we thank you. Father, thank you thank so you, much. Uh, Jesus proclaimed that we would do greater works. Uh, Than He even did and so I thank you Father that as uh, our sister Has proclaimed today that we would Make full use of this technology That you have provided in the 21st Century I bless this uh, Ministry I bless Ginger I bless it in the name of the Lord I speak uh, exponential Growth father I speak in the Name of the Lord that those who take the time To listen will be blessed that they Will just not be hearers only but that They will be doers of your word We decree and declare the finish product of her book
0: this year father we give you
1: glory honor and praise for continue father to bless every listener in every area of their life bless them as they move forward and what you have called anointed and appointed them to do we speak and say this is the season and the hour that you are calling the body of christ to move forward and forward we will go in Jesus' name we pray amen
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you uh, so very much. Uh, For those of you, again, we want to thank Apostle Normal Gray uh, out of Hawaii uh, for joining us. And, uh, you know, if if you know somebody who wasn't able to make the show on today, let them know that they can always come back to the uh, show page and they can hear uh, the replay of this on demand at any time that they want to listen to it. We're also going to post it on uh, Facebook, the replay uh, for those who maybe they were at work or, or whatever and just weren't able to either listen by phone and, and you know, uh, before we go, just for humor, you know, it took me a minute to realize that little hole in the top of my phone was for ear, you know, you put the thing in there and put it in your ear, you know. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I was like, what is that for? You know, okay, so, laugh now. Okay, I got it. You know, so maybe they're not in a situation where they could actually have listened. So we're gonna, it's going to be out there, and we're going to post it on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, the replay, so you can come back and listen to it. Please, please, if you know someone who's a woman, especially, uh, that is called to the apostolic ministry or walking in the prophetic, then uh, please have, direct her back to the page so that she can actually uh, – listen. So once again, thank you so much. Apostle Gray, love you. So glad to meet you and talk with you on today. God bless you in your ministry. I pray that every uh, for growth in your ministry as well. And for everyone that is listening, this is Minister Ginger London. Thank you so much for listening. God bless.